back, everybody. This is the Prepared Mindset Podcast, and as always, I'm your host, Austin, and this week, I'm coming to you guys, we're going to talk about optics. Uh, everyone runs one, everyone has one, not everybody understands the importance behind buying a quality optic, specifically glass, right? I know that in the last couple of years, Red Dot Technologies have made several breakthroughs. It has made it, <clears throat> excuse me, has it made it even easier and cheaper to get into a reliable dot than ever before. Scope technology, likewise, has made leaps and bounds and advances. What before was our benchmark at a 1 to 4 LPVO or limited power variable optic or low power variable optic scope, the benchmark now is a 1 to 10. That's where we're pushing the limits of trying to figure out how to make it do 1 and 10 times magnification really, really well. So this week, I have joining with, joining the podcast, Nick Keitlicka, who is the marketing manager at Leopold, who in, in many, many ways kind of sets the bar on quality American-made optics. And we get into so much stuff, uh, things I had, I had no idea, but it, it certainly shines a light on the you know, optics manufacturing process, uh, to some extent, why, you know, buy once, cry once is so important with optics and why buying quality can potentially mean that you, you literally buy once having a good warranty. All those things, uh, are, are super, super important when you're making these kinds of decisions. And it's really, really relevant, especially if you're a new shooter looking to get into magnified optics, getting to a uh, red dot in your pistol, whatever the case may be. So Nick and I have an outstanding conversation. I think you guys are really, really going to dig it. Before I get into that, I got to make sure I say thank you to our sponsor. This is a sponsored podcast after all. Eclipseholsters.com, you guys. Jess and her team do outstanding work. Honestly, I'm always super, super thrilled when I get to tell people, yep, I work with Eclipse Holsters. You need a holster? Check out Eclipseholsters.com. Yes, I can give you a discount code. Our discount code is PREPAREDMINDSET all one word there, it is going to save you 20% off your order. On top of that, even without the discount, just for being a customer of Eclipse, they're going to make sure that your order is made and shipped to you in three business days or less. If you spend over $100, they're going to make sure they upgrade you to free FedEx two-day shipping, which is, I mean, just, honestly, it's awesome. If you're buying a mag, a mag carrier and a holster together, which let's be honest, if you are, if you're buying a holster, you probably need the mag carrier. If you're not carrying a spare mag, what are you doing? Maybe instead of a mag carrier, you need a tourniquet carrier. You know, maybe you need to carry a tourniquet with you in lieu of a spare magazine. You do you. You break that $100 mark, they're going to upgrade you to that better shipping. It's going to be there even faster to you. No digs on the USPS, but hey, reliability is a commodity and they just don't always have it. Again, our discount code, Prepared Mindset, that's all one word, this is going to take 20% off your order total. They got all kinds of colors, all kinds of patterns, and the build quality is phenomenal, guys. The retention is great, and the lifetime warranty, you can't beat it. They even just put out on their reel in the past week on Instagram, hey, disclaimer, it's hot in the summer. Don't leave your holster out on your dashboard in your car. And you really shouldn't be because, I mean, don't leave your gun out where people can see it. That's that's pretty standard stuff, right? But you know, I bet Jess has a lot of stories of people that make that same mistake and the, the Kydex heats up and it warps and it dis, you know, it disforms and it bends out of shape. They will take care of you. Lifetime warranty, satisfaction guaranteed. 
outstanding company doing outstanding work. Again, EclipseHolsters.com. One last time here, our discount code, Prepared Mindset, is going to save you 20% off your order. Go check them out today. Grab a holster, grab a belt, grab a mag carrier, whatever you need. They'll take really, really good care of you. All right. So, optics. Like I said, I got Nick joining me from Leopold. He spent over 15 years working at Leopold in a variety of different positions. So he's got a real, real good, uh, you know, look at, at, at how Leopold handles things. But we even get in, we get past that. You know, we talk about the industry as a whole, uh, why some of these startup companies, you know, you maybe don't want to throw money at a cheap optic, aside from the fact that, you know, buyer beware, cheap optics, you get what you pay for. But really understanding, where does my money go? What am I buying when I buy, you know, uh, a, a 3.6 to, to 15 scope or, or whatever, you know, uh, a three to nine scope? Why why is one $200 and one $700? We get into all of that and, and a whole bunch more. It's a fantastic, fantastic conversation. I think you guys are really, really going to learn some things and, and really, you know, get some insight into, into optics as a whole. So, uh, without any further holdup, any further hangup here, let's get over to my conversation with Nick Keitlicka from Leopold Optics. Hey, Nick. Thanks for coming on the podcast, man. How you doing? Yeah, good. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be on here. Dude, a- absolutely. Um, super excited for this conversation. Uh, uh, Drew Estel actually uh, is the one that, that you know got us in touch and everything and, and recommended I bring you on. Uh, so I've really been looking forward to this conversation. Um, you may have actually been one of the first people I reached out to and, and scheduled like weeks in advance instead of going like week by week. So um, <laughs> this is a real moment of like professional progress for me. It's nice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, you you, you get your groove after a while there, right? And you get your ducks in a row and uh, all the scheduling yeah. stuff. Yeah. So no, Drew, Drew's a phenomenal human being. I'm, I'm proud to call him a friend. And proud to call him part of Team Loophold. So he uh, he's nothing but good stuff. So I, I, that's that's awesome that you got to meet Drew and hang out. Yeah, no, he was great. Uh, we had him on. It, it only feels like a couple of weeks ago, but actually, I went and looked the other day, and it's closer to like several months now. I think probably two or three months now. Uh, but yeah, yeah, no, he's an awesome dude, and we did we had a great conversation together. Um, but yeah, man, let's uh, you know what? Let's start with go ahead and if you could. Just introduce yourself to the listeners and uh, just tell them a little bit about, about yourself and what you do. Yeah. So uh, my name is Nick Kitlicka, and I'm the shooting sports marketing manager for Loophold. Uh, I've been at Loophold 16 years now. So 16 years wow. this summer. Yeah. So everyone says, that, everyone says that when, uh, when I say that. It's, uh, it feels like it, it hasn't been that long, though. I feel like I just started the other day. So um I've done a number of different roles there uh, throughout throughout my tenure. Uh, I started in the warranty department, so that's just like entry level. Uh, fun fun fact, actually, I did not grow up hunt, uh, hunting or shooting whatsoever. So uh, really? I actually didn't really even know, yeah, I actually didn't really even know what loophole was when I first started. I uh, I grew up skating and snowboarding and playing in bands and doing that kind of stuff. And uh, one of my buddies. Uh, that I skated with, got a job at Loophold, entry-level job, same warranty department. And I kind of quit slash got fired at my first professional job that I had <laughs> out of college. Uh, you know, I, was, I would like uh, play hooky a lot and go snowboard and stuff. So, but uh, uh, yeah, he got me a job 
that loophole, and then uh, just kind of snowballed from there. I mean, I, yeah, I, I was, uh, I grew up playing like every sport imaginable, too, and like uh, I'm very competitive. So like that side of the business really interests me: the shooting, the competitive side, the tactical side, that kind of stuff. So I just gravitated towards that. Um, yeah, and then um, yeah, I did. Let's see, you worked in the warranty department for a number of years, which was really cool. Again, not having any reference for the product. So mm -hmm. in the warranty department, you get to see every type of product come in, right? And I got to sit next to the the scope smiths or the, the repair techs who take the scopes apart. So I got to see all the guts and the inner workings and stuff, which was super interesting to me. I'm kind of mechanical too. So I like to work on stuff like my truck. And uh, it, it was, it just fascinated me, all the, all the inner workings of the scopes. So uh, uh, I'm sure you start got to hear the, the best stories too on how, uh, on how people managed oh. to break their uh, optics. Oh man. Oh man. That was, that was one of the best things was uh, um, reading the letters that come with the scopes and all the either like horror stories or like, you know, like I'm going to let my buddy borrow this and he fell down a cliff, you know? And yeah, uh, I mean, every, everything in between. And, uh, you know, fun, funny thing too, like I still have, uh, customers that I met and talked to in the warranty days that I still converse with, uh, now 16 years later. So, um, wow. that's kind of what, yeah, it's one kind of cool things about loophole. I feel like people are super loyal to the brand. Like once they're in they're they're super loyal to it. But, uh, yeah, anyways, uh, um, worked there for a couple of years, then worked, uh, started working in the custom shop uh for a number of years so that's kind of cool like uh we're really we were really the only scope manufacturer to have a custom shop since we make all the yeah i was uh, just gonna optics. say like i didn't know that you guys even did that yeah uh, unfortunately we don't have it open right now uh we might in the future but um uh it, we, we we had it back in the day it was cool because like we make all the stuff in-house so we could customize it to your order and that kind of thing so um Worked there for a couple of years, moved to the sales department, worked uh, worked in the sales department. So had accounts like Cabela's and Shields and some other big box stores like that. So learned the sales side of the business, uh, which was super interesting. Kicked back after a couple of years, back to the custom shop as a supervisor, uh, ran that for a number of years, and then moved to the marketing department, I'd say three and a half years ago or so, and then done a number of different things in the marketing department. Um you know, all of this stuff is not what I went to school for, but I just kind of figure it out as I go, I, I, yeah. I suppose. So, uh, and uh, I think they've had to make up four or five different jobs for me. I don't know if they know what to do with me half the time. So, um, but uh, I kind of, kind of got my dream job now, you know, the, uh, the shooting and the tactical side and I get to go out to a lot of events. Uh, I get to go to range days. I get to uh, manage our pro team and a lot of our influencers like Drew. And then mm -hmm. um, uh, one of the key components I would say of my job right now is bringing um, uh, feedback from the outside internal to the product line managers so we can make uh, good decisions on the products that we're making and features. So that's, wow, that's, that's fun. That's too. incredible. A company that's actually going to listen to its customers. That's unreal. Uh, <laughs> you know, you know it, it sounds like such a simple thing, but uh, you know, and, we're we're not a huge corporation or anything you know we're not an intel or a nike or something like that but you you do get 
there's some bureaucratic stuff that happens from time to time. And, you know, mm -hmm. kudos to the product team and specifically the new VP, uh, newer VP of product. I think he's been the VP of product for a couple of years now, but uh, he used to be a professional guide, uh, like hunting guide. So he oh, wow. like really knows the project in and out. So, um, you know, we, we've just taken a step back and really listened to the consumer and, uh, Again, it's it's actually not an easy thing to do, and uh, but it's been really successful for us in a number of different products, and uh, I'm really excited for what you know the, the future has for uh, us and in some other products coming out soon. So yeah, yeah, no, I mean, and and it it's awesome to hear that because I'm not going to use any any names, but let's just say there's competitors out there, right? That mm -hmm. it's definitely like a, a a quantity over over quality approach sometimes. And it just starts to be repetitive, you know, like, okay, how many times do we need this reticle? Or, you know, you just, you redesign the body of this, this optic, but you didn't fix anything that was, you know, uh, a, a functional issue uh, uh, with it. Um, and, and then sometimes they do, but <clears throat> it was really nice to hear that things like that, even the, the detail stuff, because I feel like that's the kind of, the, the little things are always the ones that set people off the most, you know, Um <laughs> Like the way this mount works or, you know, uh, it, something, it's always something little. It's never like, I mean, I guess sometimes it's probably a big issue, but, um, no, it's, it, it's definitely the little stuff. It's the detail stuff. Right. And it's, uh, even down to like the aesthetics and stuff like that. I remember when we were working on the Mark five and, you know, we were looking at the, the machining lines on the turret. Right. And we went mm -hmm. through a couple iterations and we just, we needed to get the lines right, right? Because and it seems like a small thing. I'm like, well, why doesn't this, you know, this angle on this kind of thing? I'm like, well, it's, you know, it's it's an aesthetic thing, and I'll, I'll be the first one to admit it. I I like things to look good. If I'm going to spend a lot of money for something, I want it to look cool. And uh, you know what? <laughs> you know, some of the marketing studies. Yeah, well, some of the, the you know some of those marketing studies suggest like you know, fifty to sixty percent of the buying. Uh, you know, decision is based off. Does it look cool, right? So, um, it's 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 oh, not a little things. It a so. hundred it a hundred percent is. You know, I mean, and <laughs> we both know, right? Social media being as big as it is today, right? Guys go out and they buy certain setups because their favorite, you know, influencer, uh, YouTube shooter, whatever runs it. You know, uh, like you know, I have to have my. Glock 19 with a Delta Point Pro. I have to have the Surefire X300. You know, right. I have to have the what is it? <laughs> uh, like the Zev Mag. Well, like I gotta have this because mm -hmm. this will, you know, then I'll then I'll be all set. And it, it, I mean, in all honesty, it doesn't necessarily make that much of a difference. Uh, you know, still being what it is, right? But right, that's right. Drives the decision making, and people go out and I've done it. I have gone out there and oh. spent money. It's like I need to look this way. It's it's got it. It bugs me that it doesn't. You know, I've done it. Guilty as charged. Right. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. I've done it too. Uh, I try. I try to uh, as as a marketer. I try to use that, but with the emphasis on performance. Right. And again, I'll use mm -hmm. I'll use I'll use Drew as an example since uh, your listeners may be you know familiar with him now that since it was on. So yeah. I, I would I would consider Drew an influencer 100 percent because people look to him for advice on things, but it's backed up by performance and the performance aspect of it is a super important to me. So like, yes, he is an influencer, but like uh, I I uh, I really like sponsoring the 
the trainers, uh, and yes, people like uh, Ian at Rune Nation and the Core Vision guys and the Cogworks guys and Andrew. And yeah, we had uh, Ian because, on, on. Sorry, we had Ian on a couple weeks ago as well. Um, sorry yeah, to catch you off. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, Ian's awesome too. So, you know, guys who it's like, I'm not going to stand up in front of my students and run something that doesn't work. Right. Cause I don't want, mm-hmm. I don't want to look stupid. Right. So the product has to perform, but it's also, you know, the students, when they go to classes, well, uh, you know, a lot of the time, especially downtime, they're looking at the instructor setup, like oh, what Tangard is he running? You know, what length barrel trigger optic, all that kind of stuff. So oh, yeah. um, I, I, I like, I like sponsoring the influencers that are really, um, uh, uh, it concentrated on the performance aspect. So, cause we are a performance brand, right? That's kind of what we're, we, we've built the brand around. So it has to work in the field. Yeah. I mean, and there's, like I said, there's a lot of companies, uh, that I just, I feel like it, again, it's a, a quantity issue and it's just another model and another model and another model. And when you get to their top line, you know, maybe you see, that it's not, it, it's, it's decent, right? Mm-hmm. Everything getting to that point. Um, you're just swapping out one issue for another issue. Um, you know, maybe it's, uh, if it's an illuminated scope, right. The battery life sucks. Um, you know, right. or, uh, maybe it's just the, you know, the turrets are, are terrible or, you know, something it's not well thought out. And rather than, um, having less out on the market and, addressing some of those issues before you release the next model. It's just like, I don't know. It just kind of feels like, you know, you throw they throw crap at a wall until something sticks. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, that's, that's, that's our, that's it. You know, we figured yeah. it out. And unfortunately, and <clears throat> you probably know this better than most people being in marketing, right? Like if you throw enough, enough money at something, uh, a lot of the times it can gain some traction just because it's uh, like market saturation, right? People just see it all the time in their ads and, uh, some people can be bought off and start, you know, I know there's a flashlight company, um, you know, I'll just say Olight, right. That just pays people for their opinions. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's like, well, I mean, if you've used one, you might be okay. And it might not be okay. Um, they have a million yeah. different models and I've not necessarily heard about great experiences with any of them. So it's just, this is one example, but um like I said, you probably see that and experience that better than better than anyone, I would think. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Just the the repetition, right? And like repeating it and seeing it over and over and over again. Um, and it's, uh, but it, it's interesting. Like I would say, our our industry is a little different than other industries in that regard because our industry is a uh, passion driven industry, and there's a certain mm-hmm. extra higher level. I think of scrutiny to those like ads and stuff like that. Um, whereas like, you know, if I'm selling a toaster oven or something like that, or some new, uh, whatever it is, yeah. right. House appliance or something. Appliance, yeah, like, sure. yeah. Yeah. Like you see it over and over and over again. You're like, yeah, whatever. Check it out. You know, you don't pay too much attention, but like, like, uh, honestly, like, uh, uh, like optics and gut firearms and guns and everything, uh, like you could go your whole life without buying one, right. Uh, people do. Uh, millions of people do in this country right but the mm-hmm. the people who do they buy it and they're into it because they're super passionate about it so uh, i like to think that uh the the level of consumer the shooting and the hunting consumer is just a little more engaged so they can kind of see through a lot of those 
uh, marketing tricks, I guess I would, I would say that some other industries will use on you, right? Uh, there's just that extra level scrutiny. So when I'm thinking about marketing campaigns and stuff like that, that's definitely at the forefront of my, my thoughts, you know, I, how to be genuine too. That's, you know, yeah. I, I think that that's a big thing that we try to do as a brand, uh, uh, to be genuine, because again, the, the, uh, consumer is plugged in, right. And they're passionate about it and they don't appreciate they're, they're genuine about it. So they want the brands to be genuine about it. So, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, and like, like you were saying earlier with the the pro team and everything, I think that in itself is a, a pretty, and I'm sure it was probably done this way on purpose. I'm, I'm assuming I'm not the first one to, to make this realization. Right. But um, the fact that you have guys out there using the product and it is standing up so well in and of itself, because um, I mean, from a business standpoint, they all people like, you know, Drew and, and Ian and, uh, and, 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 you know, and whether it's even people with other optics companies, right. But, um, they're out there using this equipment on a day-to-day basis. And if it's standing up and it's durable and, or you see somebody like, uh, the guy from Sage dynamics, right. Uh, bang it off a concrete slab and then it, it gets up and, and keeps going, you know, these people that have put these optics through their paces and everything that in itself, I think anyways, is, is like a huge, I don't want to say advertisement, but maybe a testament is a better word. Right to yeah. uh, to yeah. what they're stepping into, um, you know, uh, when they buy a Leopold uh, a scope or, or a dot, you know, for their for their rifle or their handgun. Um, right. Exa- yeah. Exactly. Like I could I could tell you five million times that's awesome, but it it speaks to you know so uh, someone like jury and professionals uh, in their in their field, or you know, some like oh, we have a professional precision rifle team like in the last two years we built the most successful uh precision rifle team in the world uh and like all i gotta i point to, just point to the scoreboard right but, like so like you, you can't tell me it doesn't work like because the top guys in the world are out there winning with it um you know and regardless of you know and i know i and people get um burnout i think sometimes i'll be like well that guy's paid to say that you know blah 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 like well yeah but like the but but like the professional shooters like yeah we we support them and we we sponsor them uh but again like they're not going to they want to run stuff that makes them successful in the field and uh uh yeah it's just uh it it speaks for itself right in the competition realm in the in the tactical realm in the uh you know um the military realm as well you know we just uh we we got the army contract for the mark 22 that's the barrett amrad uh so there's a yeah. mark mark 5 5 to 25 on that and then we also got the contract for the m110 upgrade uh so the old m110 had the old uh mark 4 three and a half to 10 tan scope on there mm-hmm. and yep. uh the new the new one's gonna have the new mark 5 3.6 to 18 on there uh and i've already seen those out at the field i went up and visiting some buddies at JDLM saw them on uh, some rifles up there and they were, they were so happy to, uh, not that the Mark four was a bad scope. I mean, the Mark four is, was, it's one of the greatest workhorse scopes, uh, ever, you know, made, but it is an older, um, uh, technology, right. And the, yeah. and we've made, we've made such leaps and bounds in, in lens technology and optical, uh, I mean, uh, yeah, I was just going to say, I think, I think we've seen a little bit, I don't know, maybe in the last five years, seven years, right. 
maybe uh, a little bit of, I want to say, I hate using the term renaissance because I think it's kind of thrown around and you overused a little bit sometimes improperly, you know? Um, but I feel like optic technology in that time frame has come so far in, in what we're able to do. And, um, and as like a, a adjacent side effect, like prices have come down on things too. You know, it's, it's, it's now easier for people to step into a one to six or a one to eight scope. Um, whereas, you know, five years ago, everyone, you know, one to four, like, Hey, cool. I'm happy with four times magnification. Now, you know, it's like, all right, we're pushing, I mean, albeit I've heard some very weird things on quality from one to tens, but like, that's the new, the new hotness, right? Like, oh, we can get up to 10 now and, and, and dot technology and everything's getting smaller. I know you guys just came out, uh, well, okay. It's probably more than a little over a year ago, right? With the new, uh, <laughs> your, 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 your micro, um, I'm, I don't yeah, even remember. Delta, the, the del- 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 delta point micro. Yeah. Yes, that. Um, yeah, and it's like, how did you get something that that's that functional into a package that small? And it's just this is where the technology has taken us, and and like I said, it it makes it easier for people to get in at a a lower price point, which is for new shooters. That's always everyone's first question, right? Is like, okay, what's it going to mm-hmm. cost me? And you know, you want to know that you're stepping into something that's going to it's going to last. You're not going to be, and because I've been there. I've done it. I cheaped out. My first like three optics were sub hundred dollar pieces of crap. I am not ashamed <laughs> to admit that I made some very poor decisions <laughs> when, when buying my first optics. Um, and you know, I've kind of over the last couple of years, it's just like, well, you know what? You're, you're not just buying a name, you know? And, uh, I've, in my mind, there's a couple companies and Leopold is certainly in that conversation where you're, you're paying for the quality. It's going to last. You're going to be able to pass this down you know, well, as long as you don't, you know, completely abuse it past this you know, <laughs> rifle and scope setup that you paid, you know, thousands of dollars for your, your son could take it, you know? And, and in fact, I had a, a buddy who helped me start this podcast. He went out and he bought uh, a, a bolt action six, five Creedmoor. Um, I can't remember the brand, but he bought the, uh, I think it's the, it, it's a three to 15 that you guys make. And it was the first time I'd ever played with a Leopold scope and first time I'd ever play with locking turrets. And I just thought that was the coolest shit ever. Uh, this is <laughs> yeah. amazing, you know, yeah, no, it's worth it. No, the, 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 yeah, you're, you're, you're totally right. Um, the buy once cry once thing in optics is definitely, uh, very, uh, irrelevant. And it, it's funny, it used to be the opposite. Uh, I, I remember even when I started at Loophole all those years ago, uh, you would see shooters, hunters, they'd spend $1,000, $2,000 on a rifle, you know, super nice rifle. And then they go get a $200 scope, right? And then uh, $25 mounts, right? Yep. And then they go to the range and they're just like pulling their hair out. Like, why can't I get this thing sighted in? Why can't I see the target? Why does everything look blurry around the set? And it's like, well, you know, uh, whereas now I, I almost feel like it's flipped, right? Like uh, some of those out of the box, you know, five, $600 rifles are, are actually pretty, pretty decent. And you mm-hmm. take a, a thousand, fifteen hundred dollars scope and put it on there and you got a pretty dang good uh, rig to, to go out with. So um, it's kind of flipped in that sense and uh but the the value proposition that's that's really interesting like uh and you know we get dinged on that a little bit because our stuff is we are we are a premium brand and our stuff is at a higher 
uh, price point uh, sometimes, but that that has to do a lot if, that it's American made, right? So yeah. everything that everything that goes on a rifle and goes bang comes out of the factory here in Oregon. Um, we do import uh, some binoculars and spotting scopes and that kind of stuff, rangefinders, just like everyone else. But uh, we we are one of the only manufacturers to manufacture stuff in the U.S. So that makes it a little hard to compete sometimes with the prices and that kind of stuff. Uh, but we actually do like uh, like even <laughs> even the VX Freedom, which is our entry level scope on the hunting side. You know, yeah, yeah, you can yeah. get into you can get to one of those for three hundred bucks. And I tell you what, like I, I take that out and we we'll, we'll, we'll take people out to a range that we have here in central Oregon and we'll do some low light uh, comparisons and some like, uh, you know, uh, sunrise, some glare tests and stuff like that. I, that scope perform outperforms a thousand dollar imported scopes, like hands down. I just and I don't know how we do it. Uh, the <laughs> engineers, a lot of engineers smarter than me uh, figure that stuff out. But we just. There's, I mean, we've been around since 1907, so there's just there's just a lot of knowledge, right, and a lot of passion in the yeah. building. And I mean, we have like over 90 engineers, uh, and uh, we, we we not over engineer things, but man, we we make sure everything is dialed in uh, before we uh, uh, we send it to uh, the market. But uh, yeah, I mean, to back to the point is. Yeah, it's more money up front, but to like you said, like you're going to be able to pass it down to your your kid. Like I I have so many stories of like um, I remember again working in the warranty department way back when. You get a scope in, and uh, the scope would be um, his granddad's scope, right? That uh, uh, that you know someone bought in the fifties or sixties, and they're still using mm-hmm. it on the rifle. They're still right? rocking that thing, yeah. They're still still rocking it, and then they got lifetime warranty so you can send it in and get it worked on and i'd, I'd tell people that like a used loophole is probably like one of the cool best things that you can get because uh you know you don't have to be the original purchaser or no receipt or anything you just send it in and we'll take yeah. a look at it and make sure it's working so um yeah it's okay, uh, it's, it's pretty cool and that's something i've you know and i have friends that are very into like the you know, the tactical side of shooting, um, where it's all about, you know, the one to six, one to eight, right. And, you know, Delta point pro on your, your Glock or whatever, but Mm -hmm. I also have some friends that are very, uh, they're very hunting, uh, oriented with their shooting and they're to some extent kind of like that. Well, it ain't broke. And I, you know, I got a deer last season, so I'm not going to update from this, uh, albeit kind of crummy, uh, three to nine that they have. And, you know, it's, uh, he's probably going to know when it comes to tell his story and he's probably going to give me shit when I see him. So it's okay. Ryan, I still, <laughs> we're still good friends. Um, but he, he bought a used lever action. Um, I think off his uncle, you know, and it had came, I think it's got like a, uh, it's got another company scope on it. And mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, it, it works. Um, I've been giving him crap for a little while. I'm like, Hey man, why don't you, you upgrade, get some nicer glass on this thing. Um, but it, hunters in general, you know, there are those people that they don't, they don't flip through stuff as fast as us on the tactical side. I feel like, um, and some of them yeah. do don't get me wrong. Uh, oh, I, yeah. that's been my experience is like they buy a setup and it works and it's like, that's, it is what it is. And, um, unless it breaks or falls apart, I'm not going to spend money to, to change it out. And it's like, mm-hmm, maybe you should, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That, that is, a, it, it is a weird, um, 
It is weird. Yeah, because like I again, I'm my main focus is the shooting tactical stuff. I I don't I don't actually hunt really. I mean, I've been on a couple of hunts and uh actually got to go on my first loophole hunt last year, which was pretty cool. Uh but um I do you know, a lot of events and stuff where I'm talking to a lot of hunters and stuff like that. And it's, it's, I, I do see the trend turning though, uh, to what you were talking about them being a little more, um, I guess gear driven and then also mm-hmm. more spun up, spun up on the, uh, the particulars of long range shooting and, and stuff like that, which is, which is cool because like, uh, you want to make an ethical shot, right? So you want to take every advantage right. and use all the tools you, that you have and understand, you know, what your round's doing, downrange and all that kind of good stuff. No more, you know, it, it used to be like, well, you just hold a little high at this distance and you're good, right? And now guys... Kentucky windage, yeah. Yeah, Kentucky windage, right? Now shooters want, you know, a lot of them want, you know, front focal scopes with uh, milling reticles, you know, and understanding the ballistics. I think and that's just a... Um, I think that's just from the culture now of like, you know, YouTube and all this information, right. Oh, yeah. That that kind of information is so much more uh, prevalent and easy to get. Uh, whereas, you know, back in the day, it was like you and your circle of friends. Right. And that's, the, <laughs> that's all it was. Well, and, so. I, and I think we're kind of getting to a point in the, this, the community, I guess I'll say where the whole con and I, and I just had this conversation with uh, another guest uh, a couple of weeks ago where the, the, the concept of a recce rifle is like, mm. that's, that's oh, yeah. you know, man, my, you know, my pants are getting tighter just thinking about it. You know, it's like, <laughs> oh, it's great. I got to throw an LPVO, you know, or whatever, or, uh, you know, a two and a half to 10 uh, on my, my five, five, six, you know, AR platform rifle. So I can, you know, hashtag DMR or uh, hashtag Mark 12 or whatever. Um, and you know, I think as that's become more popular over the last couple of years and the concept has kind of grown, uh, mostly correctly, uh, some of these guys that, you know, they take a 10 inch gun and they put like a one to 10 on it. And it's, I'm like, I don't know if you're, I don't know if that really does what you think it does, but at any rate, right. It's becoming a lot more popular and, and to your point, right. Guys are wanting to understand, you know, uh, how can I, how can I read the data out of the scope better? Um, you know, how much, how much data can I pull out of this optic, uh, without mm-hmm. having to necessarily get a laser rangefinder out or, uh, you know, really, really utilizing the reticle that's there. Cause I feel like a lot of guys just bias, like, uh, like call of duty, you just, you want as much shit on the, on the reticle <laughs> as you can get, like, it's going to make you a better shot or something. All right. Um, all right. Which it could if you understood the science and the ballistics and everything and why all those little dots and the Christmas tree are all there. Um, but I think some people just buy it cause it looks cool. I'm like, Hey man, you know, to show your buddy, look through this. Yeah. It's, that's totally killer. Like, yeah, I can shoot out to whatever distance with this all the while not actually understanding. Yeah, no, that's, uh, it, it happens a lot. And it's, uh, it, it happens in other, other industries and other fields, right? You get these features and you want them oh, and yeah. then you don't actually end up using them. Right. Or, or know how, but you know, it does, it does make you that much more effective. Right. If you understand all the stuff that's going on in there, I, I can't tell you how many times, uh, someone's like, Oh, I want a tremor three. Like I want a tremor three so bad. I was like, Oh, what speed gun do you have? And like, mm-hmm. what, what's your, what's your mile per hour dot? And they're like, what? I was like the dots, the dots are a mile per hour dot. Again, and the only reason, and I'm not saying that down to a customer, like the only reason I understand it is I actually, I went to a class and like had to take a three day class to understand it. And I still don't 
you know, fully understand it, right? Probably not the best to teach it. But uh, a lot of the stuff is, it's, it's, it's pretty uh, in-depth, right? Uh, but again, back to, you know, having uh, um, avenues like YouTube and, and different websites and, and now all the classes, right, that you can take from all these instructors, like it's, uh, there's so much great knowledge out there to effectively use all these tools now. It's just, it's, it's a really exciting time for all that stuff. And I think that's why, like the gear, the gear driven stuff is so popular. Right. And uh, like oh, the yeah. recce rifle. Right. And all that kind yeah, of and stuff. It, so, and, you know, I think that's why we're kind of seeing, I don't want to say less focus, um, but it used to be at least a couple of years ago, every, every year, everyone's got a new red dot, you know, like all kinds of different copies of the, the T2, right. Like, like, okay, we get it. It's a red dot. Like what would you add this year? Like, Oh, longer battery life. Oh, hey, it's a solar panel. Like, Hey, we put the knob on the other side this year. Like, great but, you <laughs> yeah. know and it's like how many different ways are you going to do this and again kind of like what i was saying earlier where it's like you're just changing out one set of problems for another um but not actually offering a improved product in the process um mm -hmm. you know whereas i think when you get into like what you guys are doing right it's it's a, a more wealth and this might just be because you guys are a I mean, a really old company like you guys have have learned those lessons over time of how to roll out products, how to, you know, think through it, start to finish and go, is this going to make sense? Right. Uh, rather than just, you know, again, throwing some shit at the wall. And if it sticks, Hey, if not, we'll, we'll pull it off the shelves next year and discontinue it. Um, you know, yeah, with, with the, thoughts and things. Yeah. The, 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 getting sucked into the, uh, the feature, um, race to the bottom, right? So how many features can we put in something where the, the feature is cool, but they may, they may not be tied to performance, right? So, and that's really the thing that we check with is like, is it tied to performance? And I think that Delta Point Micro is a great example of that where it is so different than a lot of stuff uh, that, but it performs really well. And, uh, but <laughs> the problem with, that I would say from a marketing side of things, and I'm I'm fully transparent about this. Like when when you have a product like that that is so different, it actually it's hard because like I see that thing in a magazine and I'm like I I don't know what that is. It looks <laughs> weird and I don't think I could use it. And it's yeah. so funny. Like at the uh, at the NRA show, like uh, I I had them set part of the booth up. And we had cert guns, cert pistols, where we put the mm -hmm. micro on them. And we had some reactive targets and they could shoot, right? And you would see people's face. They'd like put it up and they'd look through it and they'd be like, oh, 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 I get it now. Like, <laughs> yeah, oh, this is yeah. so cool. And uh, which which it's it's hard to convey that, like even in a video or something like that. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, um, yeah, that's one of the challenges when you're pushing the limits of uh, new designs and stuff like that. But uh, that's kind of the fun part too. Is like, okay, how do we, how do we market right. this and show it, and um, yeah, really, really uh, get people excited about it. So, and yeah. I'm sure that you know that experience, that that feedback, getting it out there, kind of to the world to see what the reactions are. I mean, that's probably that's going to be exciting, but you know, also I'm sure helpful, um, at least from a from oh, yeah. a, a feedback standpoint. Um, and in, and I guess in that regard, right. Cause you, you'd mentioned you guys have your, your, uh, championship shooting team and everything and, and the, the military contracts. And then obviously your, your civilian input through however many channels, where would you say you find the, the most constructive, uh, feedback 
you know, because everyone's use case is going to be slightly different. You know, with the military, I think it's probably durability. Well, I mean, as well as quality, but durability is a huge concern with the military because they don't want it to fail. And, you know, long distance shooting versus civilian use, not exactly the same use cases. I mean, with all the feedback you get, I mean, is there any one in your mind, any, any one area that sticks out more than the other where you get just like really good information out of the usage? Um, you, you know, it's, it's not really, uh, I, I don't think there's one area that I feel like we get better feedback in than, uh, others, but, um, I guess maybe it's a personality trait. Just you know, some people are better at, um, providing feedback, uh, than others. And I try to, uh, I, you know, I pinpoint those people and those are, the, those are the kind of my sounding boards, you know, that I, uh, um, sure. that, uh, I bounce stuff off of, uh, you know, especially the, the people with those like engineering type minds and stuff. And honestly, oh, the people you went to the, that, you went to the high road in that conversation. I was immediately thinking of internet trolls that want to find something. Oh, no. find well, you, you know what? There, there are golden nuggets of stuff. I I know you can get sucked down the message board, yeah. you know, a rabbit hole and what the, you know, but there's those, those honestly are consumers that have ideas and, you know, maybe they're not articulating them the best sometimes, but they're there. It's, um, it's a perception, right. And, uh, mm-hmm. it, that's their, that's their reality. And you have to take that into account a hundred percent. It's, and I, that's the point I was going to get to is like, I want people who are, not going to tell me how pretty my baby is. I want to know how ugly it is. Right. Cause I don't, it's like, cool. Like I like, I like yeah. that you like this stuff, but like what, what tell don't me where you like we can do it? better. Yeah. Right. And don't, don't hurt my feelings. Like I'm not um, like this, this Delta point micro does not encompass me as a person. Right. I am not like uh, going to have hurt emotional feelings over you telling me what you don't like about it. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm, I'm looking for, super genuine solid feedback uh from people who use their gear all the time and um um yeah we've there's a there's some iterations coming of some current products that i really am super excited about that have been driven by that user feedback that we've been getting is it and, the LCO? Uh, can you say is the LCO? Uh, I can't say <laughs> or deny. Yeah, no. Yeah. Uh, the, the the LCO man. If I if one more person asks me about an LCO, I swear. Uh, no, <laughs> it's it's funny because like we we had the LCO for uh well, when did we come out with that thing? 2013, I want to say. Oh, and wow. um, I didn't even realize so, it was that old. Right. Yeah. And well, most people don't, and because we didn't do, uh, we didn't do a great job of marketing it. I will say. So uh, I've been at the company since 2006. So I've seen a lot of changes happen within the company, right? And that era of tactical uh, uh, product was really uh, military driven. Like all the the Mm -hmm. Delta Point Pro, LCO, Mark VI, those were uh, Mark VIII. Those were all driven off of military contracts. Like, okay, this contract is out there. We're going to make this product to fit this niche. So yeah. they didn't really market it so much for the civilian market. And I think, but you know, the, at that time in the, in the, the thick of the war on terror, really, you didn't, I, I feel like it was kind of almost an afterthought it, for a lot of companies at that time. It was like, Hey, we got the contract. That's the big money. We got to go, go, go. And mm-hmm. it just, and, and certainly it, not a dig at Leopold because they were not the only company you guys weren't the only ones that had contracts, you know, but oh, it, yeah. it's, you know, right around that time, that's 
really, I think what it was. And then I think once mm-hmm. the consumer market got their hands on everything as they always do, right. Then it kind of started speeding things up a bit. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then like, yeah, then we would, I'd take the LCO out and, you know, someone would be like some lifelong, you know, EOTech user or something like that would throw it up there and they'd be like, Oh my God, what is this thing? I've never seen this thing before. I'm like, how have you not seen it? We've had it out for like five years. So, but (laughs) um, it was, uh, you know, I, and I know that they're, they're discontinued now and that's been a little bit of a friction point among the uh, uh, Mm -hmm. shooting crowd. Uh, I, I wished that the, um, you know, the replacement didn't lag as far behind as the discontinuation. Uh, there is a bit of a gap, but uh, that's just due to some, you know, things out of our control. But uh, there will be very good things I mean, next year. You can just I, say it. I, it was I, I COVID. COVID ruined everything. That's, <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I mean, there's some of that. There's, you know, like supply chain stuff and blah 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 blah. Oh but, yeah, uh, we're we're also um, feeling the 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 impact of the supply chain stuff, which is unreal. If you if no one's ever looked into it, but once you start kind of reading into supply chain, it's crazy how widespread supply issues are right now, and like yeah. forecast when those are going to get better. For, I mean, hell, uh, so same friend with the old hunting rifle. Uh, he runs a printing business for like clothing and stuff. I was like, yeah, man, if you were to come in today and tell me you need to order 30 t-shirts for a field trip, all black, like I might actually have trouble getting 30 of them. I'm like, dude, it's a t-shirt. Yeah. He goes, dude, supply issues right now are they're It's awful. Like I get an order from seven different warehouses to make 30 all together. It's, right. it's unreal, you know, and it, which, which, you know. which is crazy. Then that, that example is like t-shirts, you know, it's just cotton. Right. And then you're just yeah. like making it in, but, and that, and I, I, I just, I want to give a shout out to our, our supply team, internal uh, purchasing team. Like we've actually, uh, last year we made more scopes than we've ever made before. Uh, wow. And we're probably going to, we're probably going to top that this year. So they've done a phenomenal job of setting us up to be successful in our supply chain. Yes, there are challenges here and there and some mm-hmm. gaps uh, here and there, but all in all, uh, they've done a phenomenal job of keeping everything running and blowing new records of, of stuff coming out of the factory, which is, which is crazy. So, yeah. And I was uh, going to ask about that. Cause I mean, and I, and I don't want to get, you know, go down the political rabbit hole here, but I mean, the last couple of years yeah. have brought some fairly unique uh, challenges uh, for, for us as a kind of a, a people as a, a country or society. So we've had a lot of new gun owners um, and most people, as soon as you, you know, no one wants to just go buy their rifle and then leave it the way it is. It's like, mm-hmm. Hey, this one that I see when I play call of duty or battlefield, like, can I get one of those and how do I make it look like that? So it's always, you know, okay, well, what kind of scope do I need to put on there? Like, well, you want a good one. Okay. Yeah, man. Give me a good one. What's a good one. You know? So right. uh, I was going to ask, you know, are, are, did you guys see the, the same kind of increases uh, that, that the, the gun proper industry did right. Firearm industry. Um, I would just assume so. It sounds like that's the case. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and it, we we definitely saw it. And the funny thing is, like historically, we've seen uh, there's been peaks and valleys, right? And there's been booms <laughs> and stuff. And but we 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 technically are in the firearm accessory category, right? So it's yeah. it's not a firearm purchase, but you'll see. Obviously, you know we'll we'll be tracking the NICS checks, right, and see how you know what they look like. And our data suggests that there is usually a lag, like a 
like a six month lag on average between a gun purchase and an optic purchase. And that's not for everyone, right? That's just on average. But yeah. we, we saw that shrink uh, during this last, uh, you know, run here where uh, it was like people were buying the guns in and immediately buying all the accessories for it. And maybe that is, you know, the new, the new uh, shooters, all the new gun buyers, right. Trying to get set up. Um, it's been, it's been really interesting. I would say, um, you know, even me, in you know, my personal life, I, I like to have a wide variety of friends. Not all my friends are in the firearm industry and not all my friends oh, yeah. shoot. Yeah. And, uh, I have uh, a lot of friends who have come to me and like, Hey, I want to, I want to buy a gun. What should I get? And I'm just like, you really? <laughs> all right, cool. <laughs> like, welcome to the club. So yeah, that's uh, awesome. it, it, it's been super cool to see. And I, I mean, and, and then to like, obviously, you know, maybe, maybe they're, purpose for for buying is you know because thing society and things are uneasy and all that kind of good stuff but then you take them out and shoot and they're like man i never knew how much fun this was like uh actually like today uh i I actually got back from the range a little bit ago and we uh we do a uh internship program at loophole so uh, uh kids um who are uh, excuse me employees kids are eligible to uh, intern for the summer, uh, if they're going to college or something like that. Right. What a cool opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. So we had a bunch of interns and we took them out to the range because that's part of it. Like we want them to experience the product in, uh, in the field. And, uh, a lot of them, uh, half of them probably hadn't shot before. So again, it it just is, I, I enjoy so much like getting new people out and shooting and seeing the smiles on their face. And they're like, you know, cause at first, like, you know, it's kind of scary and intimidating. And by the end of it, you know, I got, uh, <laughs> I, I had to tell him to slow down a little bit. I was like, oh, you guys are going too fast. <laughs> yeah. Like, hold yeah. on there, killer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you're, yeah, the, the new going owner thing, we've definitely seen that and uh, seen a real thirst for education on the product too. And I think that's uh, uh, from a marketing standpoint, that like edutainment um, area has, oh, yeah. has grown so much, you know, and I, I, I want to give a shout out to him. He, he, he's a buddy of mine, lives not too far away, but you know, Mike, Mike Jones, Grantham, I think he does it the best. I think he, yeah. he, that mix of edutainment and it's so funny cause he doesn't even run loophole stuff half time. I don't, I don't care. It's fine. Uh, yeah. But um, that, that mix of the, the entertainment and education, cause he's actually like a super smart guy when he's talking, especially like, you go back and look at all any of like the optics or the scope like reviews that he's done on stuff like super oh, yeah. in depth, yeah. super super well done. He was he was one of the first people that was like super impressionable for me when I bought because I've only really been shooting for about six or seven years, uh, maybe coming okay. up on eight now. Um, but like uh, his videos, uh, because at the time gun, I'll say gun accessories or even just gun reviews in general were not kind of as kind of as they are today, right? Um, and, mm-hmm. and Mike, he'd sit there and go, you know, everybody, he's, you know, tip to butt, I think is what he says every time, but he can go step <laughs> by step and talk about what he did and what he set up, or if it was an optic, the different paces he put it through and like, not even just the, what he did, but why he did it in a lot of instances. So to your point, mm-hmm. yeah, very well thought out and just a lot of information for people that, I mean, for me at the time, like I didn't know shit about shit. So I'm like, okay, that <laughs> makes sense. Like, that's why that's there. Oh, cool. What an awesome feature. I had no yeah. idea I would have bought something that was half the price purely because it was half the price. 
uh, until hearing him say something. And it's like, oh, well, okay, that's a really good point. I never thought about that. That's that's pretty awesome. That's uh, that's a great point. Uh, it's just like um, like the ability to teach, right? And uh, and that's something that is really. Um, I think overlooked a lot, maybe in the firearms industry or something. I mean, like there's yeah. a lot of instruct, there's a ton of instructors and you go a ton of classes and I'll tell you what, it doesn't matter what class you can learn. You can learn something uh, from anyone, right? Yeah. Maybe it's sometimes the wrong way to do something or it could be the right mm-hmm. way to do something. Uh, but the ability to take information like that, like Mike does and really translate it to make it understandable especially like you were saying for you for a new newer shooter right when you're getting into it that i can take that information and digest it easily Uh, that is such a skill and uh, not everyone has it and i i that's really something i look for when i look for people to partner with or um you know especially on the the instructor side uh another another guy that maybe i would suggest you get on the show is talk to uh, garrett from cogworks He's probably one of the best instructors. Yeah, you know, oh, yeah, good, good. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, he's probably one of the best instructors I've ever uh, uh, had the pleasure of taking a class from, just from the aspect of how he delivers information. Uh, so relatable, so easily um, uh, uh, understandable. So, uh, that, yeah. And, yeah. And in both those cases, those guys, I mean, they've done stuff, right? Like Mike, obviously, still, I believe, mm-hmm. in the service. Uh, Garrett. Mm-hmm now full civilian running his company and everything, but um, it's, you know, and, and I only, I'm only going to say this because you had uh, mentioned the beginning, you know, uh, in your younger days, you were in a band and everything. I I'm my primary focus. The the first part of my life was as a musician, marching band and stuff like that. Um, And then immediately after I was too old to do it, uh, getting into teaching. Um, And I, it's one of the parallels I saw between like the, the music world and, and the firearms world is that everyone assumes if you were part of some, big name group or you know some mm. top tier unit or something in shooting right uh it's like oh well i gotta go learn from you because you're just you're outstanding and from a talent perspective many of those individuals are but that is not indicative of the ability to teach um oh you know, that, like and, and communicate successfully and explain concepts like recoil mitigation or trigger pull or sight alignment any of that stuff you have to be able to explain right. it more than one way because people all learn differently you know, and uh, yeah, it, it's that, crazy that, how people just buy into, oh, I was a seal. So come learn from me. Like, cool, yeah. but is it going to be that good? Yeah. And, and that 100%, like, uh, uh, what you're talking about there. It, it, it's, it's like, and it's that, that seal guy or whoever, you know, the SF guy or whatever, he's probably yeah. phenomenal at his job. Well, not mm-hmm. probably. Obviously, he is. He had to go through all this training. And, but, he can't maybe translate it to you. Right. He's like, I don't know, man, I just go through the house and I, I, I check all the corners and do all the stuff and like, can't really, but um, I'll, I'll give a uh, example actually. So my buddy um, Adrian is sidewinder concepts. He kind of has a new newer training company. He was just a infantry guy, right. And army, mm-hmm. nothing, nothing fancy. Right. Went to some schools and stuff. But I went out to the range with him and I learned more in an hour that I than I've learned in a long time. And I was just like, holy shit. Like I, I is like you would look at his resume and like, yes, like he has a pretty impressive resume, but but he wasn't SF and he wasn't a Green Bray or he wasn't like uh, 
you know uh anything super flashy yeah yeah but like uh, just like the amount of knowledge and base and uh to the other thing you said reading the audience right how Mm -hmm. how you're translating that information to who you're talking to and um he just does such a good job at that and i uh I, i was a little blown away so yeah don't always don't always get wrapped around the axle about like uh what this person's done um but um yeah it's uh, try to try to find some reviews or something about you know um um classes and stuff so yeah yeah and that's yeah. that's come a long way just in the same way the optics have really and i think that the really good instructors um or, or i guess at least the ones that are well tied in on i'll say both sides right the 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 physical teaching aspect as well as the advertising slash promotion side is they find a way to tie those things together, you know, and talk about like, cause that's, I mean, unfortunately or fortunately, however you look at it, I think everything's kind of tied together. So when people are looking at what classes to take and they're looking at, okay, well, what kind of optics do I want to run? I mean, it all does kind of blur together at some point. So, um, I know there's a lot of optics companies out there for just as an example. Right. And, it's probably fine if they run a scope from or a dot from a, you know, a, a mid-level or low tier company. However, if they're going to sit there and try and sell you on the merits of this particular product, rather than, you know, explain to you why having a quality uh, optic and sighting system is important and how to use it. And, and then maybe also take a second and explain, Hey, I, you know, deployed here, or I did this, this is when I had an optic fail and why this is important that you spend the money here. These kinds of things, I think, you know, for people like, like Drew and Ian, who have done so many things, seen so many different things and can provide, like I was saying earlier, right. Not just the what, right. But the, why the context and the nuance behind it. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that's, that's really what is, is necessary. Um, and you know, not everybody does it in the industry. A lot of people just, they push whatever they like or whatever they were given in some instances. Um, you know, you gotta, you gotta do the research. You gotta vet that out for yourself yeah. and figure out who the good dudes are and you know, what the junk is. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's a dangerous thing. You get, get sucked down into, uh, you know, rabbit holes and, and, uh, end up with something that may not work the best for you. So, um, Been there. you yeah. know, and that, yeah, right. Right. But I think that's the great thing about like, uh, especially, you know, back, back to the instructors and type thing, like, yeah, like this is a person, they're kind of an influencer. I can listen to them. Maybe they have good social presence, but then I can also take a class from them and also, you know, really, dive in depth and see what this person's about and then you know oh, okay is this person you know w- worth their weight in gold or not you know uh, s- someone like uh, uh like you you mentioned aaron cowan earlier you know who does all yeah, the yeah. red dot uh, all the red dot uh, uh destruction tests and stuff like that but also does classes too so i can go take a class from him and check him out and like you know see 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 what he's about so um there's a ton of good good people like that so that guy yeah. has become I personally like a benchmark for me when I go to look at spending money on optics now, because <laughs> the way he puts <laughs> stuff through abuse, I'm like, all right, listen, if it can make it through what he's doing, then I know <laughs> right. money well spent. Cause I ain't never going to, well, at least I, you know, knock on wood. I hope I'm not going to, you know, uh, go through that kind of abuse, tumbling down a hill or dropping my shit off a three-story building. But mm-hmm. uh, I know that he's going to do the stuff that I can't afford to do to mine. <laughs> so if it makes it, you know, uh, through his, uh, 
torture testing, right? Then, okay, uh, it's good to go. It's it's a squared away product and reliable. Uh, right. And, and, for, yeah, for it's, sure. it's a powerful message, right? If it, uh, if you see a product get put through those paces and still perform that, uh, that speaks volumes about the product. So, yeah. Yeah. And I still, uh, I still think it's incredible that he's, that that's, I know it's not his only job. Like he does run classes and stuff, but that's like mm-hmm. part of your job is like, take these, these optics, you know, or, or he does rifles and suppressors and stuff too. Things that a lot of us just want to, uh, utilize as much of our free time enjoying. Right. And he just gets to go out and, uh, you know, all right, I'm gonna see if I can break this and I'm going to tell you about it. All right. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. And, and so I guess kind of to that point too, um, your job, right. Uh, I kind of imagine as a dream job for a lot of people, you know, or <laughs> when people think of, you know, I want to work in the firearms industry, I feel like what what you do and it sounds like from whether it was you know the warranty department or the custom shop or sales maybe that's what everyone thinks you know it's oh it's got to be amazing right what is it like you know in your job day to day i mean i know everything can't always be sunshine and rainbows but it sounds like it's a pretty (laughs) sweet setup what does your days look like what do you do you know yeah, it's it, it does. I, I I do have to pinch myself sometimes. Like it is really cool. I think it's funny. I had this conversation the other day with someone, and because I had a similar question about it, and I think the I think the distinction a lot like within the industry, and I think from my experience, the people who are successful in the industry, there's there's a lot of professional shooters, right, who yeah. want to be in the industry, and the shooting is the first. That's like what comes first, right? Uh, I consider myself a professional who shoots. So I, I you know, it, it's a lot of emails. It's a lot of talking on the phone. It's uh, doing podcasts like this, like interview type stuff. Yeah. Um, uh, giving notes to PLMs, making sure uh, uh, doing uh, pre-production on videos, right? Videos are cool. Everyone wants to do a video, right? You want to make a really badass video that looks cool. <laughs> Maybe we'll have some explosions, Michael Bay stuff, right? But, yeah. but like, did, did you do, did you do the pre-production on it? And then did you, uh, did, why, why are we making this video? Like what, where's it going to live? Can we chop it up and use it for reels? Is there going to be a Google ads uh, part of it, it? You know, what, what is the point of doing this? Right. So that's all, that's all the hard stuff. Right. And that's the non-glamorous uh, things like, uh, cool like we we went to the shooting event uh yeah but like the logistics of like getting all the stuff there and getting it set up and making sure all the people are there and all the swags there and making sure that you know the the guns are set up and zeroed and good to go and uh uh yeah it's 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 a lot of hard work but i i don't complain a lot i'll tell you that and like you said every every job has its downsides and you know you get frustrated with things uh from time to time that's just human nature but uh i'm fortunate enough to work in something that i would do regardless of if i worked at loophole or not like i would say 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 i get fired tomorrow for whatever right uh like i'm still good (laughs) yeah let's hope not my badge still worked this morning so that's a good sign 
Oh, um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, but I, I'm still going to shoot, right? I'm still mm-hmm. going to go to long range competitions. I'm still going to go to classes. I'm still going to do all this stuff. I'm just super passionate about it. So it's, it's, uh, it's pretty fortunate to have found a career path that I like. Uh, and uh, really even I will say like loophole has 700 people who work at the factory, right? It's, uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's fairly large. Uh, not all of them hunt or shoot. Uh, I would say actually the majority, like the downstairs people, you know, not 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 a lot of them uh, uh, do that. But they it's take so crazy pride. to me. I know it. You know, it's just how it's could just you ratio. not? It's just ratios, right? Seven hundred people, you know. But uh, yeah. as, as my CEO says, if you work in sales or marketing or anywhere upstairs product, you you live the life, right? You're about it. Yeah. But um, the cool thing is, they all take they all take pride in what they do. It's, it's an American manufacturing company that's making some of the world's best products, you know, at a, you know, um, that perform in the field. And they're all super proud of that. And that's, that was really for me, like the first thing that hit me when I worked there was like, uh, the job I had before I worked with Lupul was like a grocery distribution job it paid really well but it was just passionless right and there was nothing yeah. cool about it yeah i and, paid the bills yeah, yeah like uh, yeah yeah i didn't get super stoked on the fancy cheese that i had to sort you know in the in the grocery store so i don't know man. Um, i love some good gouda I mean, i'll be honest with you <laughs> that's true but uh, i but when i got the loophole i was like i was like this is so cool like we're literally making this scope here in the factory and the scope is going to last like lifetimes and someone's going to be super attached to it. And it's uh, one of our internal kind of our, our core purpose, I guess you would say we, we call it creating epic moments, right? So that's our, that's our core purpose is create those epic moments. It could be on a range, it could be on a hunt, uh, whatever it is, but like we're, we're part of that, right? We made that scope that's going to go yeah. on that firearm and it's going to be part of your epic moment. And that's, that's super cool. And, uh, uh, you, you don't get that in a lot of, a lot of industries, right? So no, even if you're not in the hunting or shooting people, people are really just proud to work there. They're always wearing the logos, wearing the hats. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, I can, it's I can tell you, I, I live in, I work in finance and I can honestly <laughs> tell you, it's definitely not the way my company, um, you know, uh, the, the overall attitude is, I mean, you always got those brown nosers, but, uh, <clears throat> definitely not. And I, I definitely don't go out of my way to wear the company logo around. Um, I just, and it's not that I hate where I work. That's not it at all. It's just one of those things. It's not, it's not the same, you know, like that, that like ingrained pride, right. you know, in what you're doing and the impact you have on the world. And, and also it's just not fair. Like I, I, I can only imagine what it must be like to be at a company that's so like pro second amendment on things. Like every building I walk into, we have like, you know, the, the no, what was it? It's like a silhouette of a Beretta, you know, in the line, <laughs> through, like, nope, gun-free zone can't be here. And, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, it, I'm like, it, it just, it kills me a little bit. I mean, now I work from home now, so it's not so much an issue, but before, you know, before COVID, it was it's one of those things. I'm like, really, can't we? Yeah, a little bit here. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm pretty fortunate there. Like I again, I got to pinch myself sometimes. Like I'll, I'll be walking in with my rifle, you know, in a case into the lobby, 
and being like, I get to, I get to bring a gun to work. This is, this is phenomenal. Like, yeah, we do have a shooting tunnel downstairs so we can take, uh, uh, um, uh, you know, rifles oh, in and, and guns fair. in it. That's awesome. Side them in. Yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty freaking cool. So I, I can't complain about that, but yeah. Uh, and I can wear like today I'm wearing, uh, uh, one of my favorite companies, Radian, uh, you know, Radian rifles. Okay. Um, I'm wearing one of their shirts has an AR on it and I can wear that to work and not get a second glance, you know, anywhere. I, <laughs> not I, someone give I me had, a hard time about it. Yeah. And it's the little thing. Like I, you know, I was, I remember this was, you know, obviously several years ago, I had a lady stop me in the break room where I work because I had a mug. It was a black rifle coffee mug. Oh yeah. And just yeah. like the silhouette of like, probably like a Daniel defense Mark 18 or something, but you know, just like a silhouette of an AR, and mm-hmm. she stopped me to let me know that someone could misconstrue that as possibly violent and that I should be careful. I was like, <laughs> what are you talking about? I like, it was like eight 15 in the morning. Like I just got into work. I'm like, Laura, I do not have time for this shit right now. <laughs> Come on. Like yeah. it's a coffee cup. The worst I could do is break it and putting it in the dishwasher and cut myself. Like let's not, <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's just, uh, yeah, through the environments there, it's got oh, so night and day, and and I mean, I think it's awesome that there's you know, I mean, obviously, what you guys do is built around the firearms industry, so it would be a little bit mm-hmm. weird if they did. I mean, really, if they didn't let you guys operate that way, but I think it just it you know it works, and uh, you 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 no go yeah ahead, you'd sorry. be you uh, sorry you'd be surprised. I I've heard some stories. I'm not. I won't name names or anything, but. uh I've heard some weird stories about some companies and their firearms policies and stuff like that. So, um, not yeah. So is, yeah, I don't know. We're, uh, we're all about it though. So obviously like I've been to some smaller companies, like very small, like rifle mm-hmm. manufacturers and there's like guns out on desks and stuff. And I'm like, ah, I don't know about that. Uh, we definitely can't do that kind of stuff. Yeah. But, like, uh, come on guys, a little decorum. Come on. Like, <laughs> yeah, there's, there's some protocols. There's some protocols and stuff you gotta, you gotta adhere by, but, uh, no, we're, it's, uh, everyone's, uh, um, super, uh, about it there so yeah it's, it's that, an issue so is visiting like manufacturers and things like that is that something you get to do a lot as well um just partnering partnering with companies or is it kind of just a, a feedback uh type thing or yeah i mean we we have industry partners that we work with absolutely on the firearm side so it's always nice to if you're in the neighborhood drop by um i one of my jobs at loophole is i i do give the tours um i'm, I'm one of two people who give the tours so i actually very cool. Really like I, I, yeah. It's 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 kind of cool because I've worked on the manufacturing side and the sales side, the marketing side, so I know like kind of how the business works and in general, so I can speak to that. But uh, I I love going to other manufacturing uh, facilities and getting tours and seeing what they're doing and how, how they do things and and stuff like that. Like uh, uh again, I I, I Rad- Radian is uh in central Oregon here. So I was over there the other day. I'll probably be going up to Aero Precision soon. Um, let's see where, where uh, Alpha, Muni- Alpha Munitions, they make some of the world's best brass uh, for precision rifle reloading stuff. I was just down there in Salt Lake City, got a tour of their facility. Um, so yeah, I definitely, um, we, we have a lot of industry partners and people who support us and we support them. And it's cool to uh, stop by and check check out the operations from time to time. So yeah. Yeah, the, ammo, uh, the ammo production I, I, one, I think, would be would be one of those ones that I would be 
pretty probably astounded to see what they do with that just because i know once you get into the long range game your ammo becomes exponentially more uh uh important in your selection yeah yeah uh that that's really interesting i've gone to uh i've gotten to go to nozzler before there if you're in oregon too and check out uh their their manufacturing the ammo stuff is super interesting i, I would love to go to hornady and stuff like that it just like because it's like it's a mix of like old technology and new technology. There's like a ton of old machines and like new machines too. I, I geek out on that stuff. So, um, yeah, even, uh, e- I, I even have an open invitation to go visit Vortex though. I haven't gone and done it yet. So really, the enemy? <laughs> yeah, yeah the enemy. it's funny, you know, we all know each other in the industry, right. And, uh, people are just people. So, well, yes, uh, they do they are a competitor and stuff uh you know there's there's some people over there that are are good people so yeah i, I have heard that about about vortex and i know they're they're kind of at least in my mind they're in the discussion when people talk about buying you know optics and it's always one of those things where when it comes up for me i, I people ask me like oh i want to get a scope and you know well obviously my first question is like do you need a scope or are you looking at a dot you know and if it, mm, you get a yeah. scope Usually, honestly, the company that I recommend, I'm like, you should look at Leopold. Like the glass clarity, it makes a big difference. And they're like, well, it's just mm-hmm. a scope. You know, it's just glass. I'm like, okay, well, it's not, you know, I and that's where I struggle personally, honestly. Oh, that's, is, that's explaining so, the importance of glass quality. Like, because so, some people are like, really, man. I'm like, I I just I can't explain how when you look through a good scope and a bad scope, like how just Mm, there's a there's a difference there man just trust me yeah on that. uh this is one of my favorite topics and i'm glad we stumbled upon this because i think it's a very important point um uh for your listeners to uh take into account so uh the little the little secret in the optics world is we all get glass from generally the same suppliers i mean i think a couple, we, we might have one proprietary supplier but Again, suppliers are suppliers. They're just contract manufacturers. So there's there's a number of glass houses in the world that can produce this level of glass. They're going to supply rifle scopes, uh, telescopes, medical equipment, camera lenses, anything that you need, like a real high grade piece of glass, right? Yeah. Uh, the 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 secret is the specs that you have, right? Your your optical designs, and I think. Well, I, I think I know what sets us apart is that we have a world-class optical laboratory in our building, and we really? have optic, and we have optical engineers, you know, PhD level people on staff creating these optical prescriptions from the ground up um, in this lab. So, and, and labs like this don't exist all that uh, frequently. Maybe a university that has like an optical program or something like that might have a lab like this. Uh, But uh, it's actually not very common because say you and I wanted to go start a optics company tomorrow, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, We could get, we get some plane tickets to China or Japan if we want a little higher end, right? And we go and we go, Hey, cool. We want to do we want to do a one to eight. Cool. Let's do one to eight. Sweet. We'll do some, uh, industrial design changes to the outside and uh oh but we are we already got this optical prescription cool go for it sweet uh and we're all of a sudden we're engineers right uh so a lot of that stuff already exists and you're just changing some of the outside looks right uh whereas yes. we take the other 
way in again everything is being designed from the ground up and like optical design like that stuff blows my mind like i've i've been fortunate enough to take some of the optical engineers like out to the range and shoot and then like we'll do some like you know <laughs> cross download information right and then they'll they'll tell me about some optical principle stuff and i'm like oh man that blows my mind um it's it is it is so specific and you don't have that a lot of that knowledge out there um but there's like you know uh oh take the mark 5 3.618 for example there's probably mm-hmm. 11 to 13 lenses in there right and all wow. those lenses do a particular job they have a particular uh curvature they have a particular coating that goes on there um it's all very specific right and uh um you, even like the the lenses, the eyepiece lenses and the ejector lenses, like yeah, like those might be high quality, but like what about the internal lenses, right? Are those high quality too? And that's yeah. one of the downsides of the scope, you know, as opposed to a rifle. Like a rifle, I can take it almost fully apart. I can look at all the parts, the internal stuff, check it out. A scope, like I can't take it apart. It's this uh, tube, this magic black tube. I don't know really what's going on on the inside. And uh, right. is there high quality? Is there high quality stuff in there or not? Um, but uh, yeah, that's kind of the 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 and, and like people go down this rabbit hole where you get glass. They're like, well, German glass is better than Japanese glass, and it's, but uh, but you know, it, it's like it it doesn't really matter. Uh, one of our employees said this this great analogy one time. He's like, it's like arguing where the rubber came from on your race car tires, like. Does, does anyone ask where the rubber came from? No. no. It's like what, it's what technology yeah. yeah, what technology went into the tire? How did you build that tire? That's what you should be asking. Is like what what specs are in the glass, right? Like how did you test it? Do you test the glass before it gets put into a scope? Uh, all that kind of stuff makes a difference. Uh so right. Yeah, and I, I hope people listening right now, like seriously, go back, like rewind this, like re-listen to all of that. Because that there is why because we talked, you know, about cost a little bit earlier. That's why, and not even just Leopold, but higher quality scopes cost mm-hmm. more money. Is that that process? It's also very interesting to hear that. And I'm assuming you've done enough research and experienced enough in the office, right, to know that you literally could just start an optic company, uh, doing it the the half-assed way, like you said, like, yep, we'll just grab some glass, like grab a tube. Hey, uh, change the knurling on that turret. Uh, good to go. Here we go. Launch company, yep. and it's like. That's why, right? I mean, you see 18 different brands or 180 different brands, whatever, on Amazon, all selling one to sixes for, you know, what, $65 and why mm-hmm. none of them should be trusted to, uh, you know, well, here's, yeah. firearm. here's here's the other problem, right? So, okay, say, say you and I did have some engineering prowess, right? And we did come up with something that was pretty cool and different. But we need to have somewhere in China make it for us or somewhere, Taiwan, whatever. Uh, so you go over there and you get you find a factory that's going to make scopes, right? The problem is, uh, again, like proprietary information is not proprietary once it's over there. Like Ooh, we, no. you, 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 get, you, you, you go into a factory, right? And there's like, there's like two lines, right? Like uh, the assemblers are here assembling brand A. And then the whistle blows and they turn around and they're assembling brand B right on the other line. Right. And Mm -hmm. all the engineers from all the other companies are all in the same building and looking and seeing what's, it's just like, um, 
yeah, there's 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 a lot of uh, uh, you know nothing's a secret over there, and that's one of and that's one of the I think huge benefits of us having our own manufacturing facility here in the U.S. Like everything is uh, uh, proprietary that we do in there. We we give tours, and I, uh, if you guys have been following our social media as of late, we did a big American manufacturing push and had a lot of cool videos of like CNC machines and and measuring machines and cool stuff so we pull back the curtain a little bit like we're mm-hmm. we're gonna ship we're gonna show you how the sausage is made but we're not gonna tell you the ingredients right the ingredients is the secret sauce uh and that, right. that, right. that's what that that's what makes it uh and that's it that's the other thing too sorry i, I get hyped up about this because it's it's a very important I love part, it. but like I love it. Um, yeah. like making scopes is complicated like it's super complicated and get, making a precision optical instrument that's going to withstand recoil, not only mm-hmm. recoil, but the dude getting in and out of, uh, you know, uh, a car or a Humvee banging it against the side of walls and buildings and stuff. Like it, it's a difficult thing to do. And I, I actually wish more companies would start to produce more stuff in the U S I'm all for U S manufacturing and, uh, I think it's one, it's great for, you know, uh, living wage jobs in the U S but, uh, it's also good for the consumer too, cause you have more, um, options, right. Uh, which, which is always good for the consumer. Uh, but, uh, uh some companies have tried it and it's just really, really difficult uh, to do, uh, to make, uh, specifically magnified optic scopes, uh, specifically is, is super hard. So, um, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's something we've done for a really long time and we have a lot of uh again proprietary knowledge and ways we do things and uh we're kind of we're kind of control freaks i guess uh we have a lot of internal stuff that other companies would outsource to other parts yeah. too. like not, not only are we making scope parts down there but we make a lot of the tooling to go into the machines to make the scope parts uh we make a lot of our own tooling to assemble the scopes together we actually have tool rooms dedicated to both of those functions uh, in that in house. So that it's in itself is a huge if that that's a huge undertaking in itself. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's incredible. And I mean, obviously, that's why you guys are as you know as successful as you are. Um, is that uh, I guess investment right into that into owning that process? You know, like from a business standpoint, you know, like you're saying earlier with, you know, Hey, we'll just grab a, we'll make a little different change to the turret or whatever, and we'll borrow somebody else's design and specs and just throw it together. Um, in fact, you guys own it, every piece of it, right. Uh, from start to finish and can control the, the quality control on, on that. I think that's kind of, I'm going to say it's probably, I haven't talked to a lot of people in a lot of other optics companies, but I'm going to venture to guess that you guys are probably the only one doing it to that level oh on that scale uh 100 percent. so there yeah. there are some other companies doing some stuff here and there uh for sure but uh on on the scale that we're producing yeah there's there's no one that touches us so yeah. um it's uh i'm i can't share numbers honestly you know obviously that come out of the factory every week but i am flabbergasted <laughs> about the skips that we, we that come out of that factory i'm like I'm like, one who's buying all these scopes. So I was like, more power to them. I mean, that's awesome. But like, it's not like a, it's not like a jug of milk. It doesn't go bad, right? Like these things last. Oh, no, yeah. Uh, but you know, that's not a perishable good. So, uh, but yeah, we're just, uh, uh, <laughs> so many scopes. And, and, you know, uh, 
kudos to the manufacturing team and, and that and that group of people. They have done a phenomenal job of like we 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 obviously we have constraints, volume constraints. We only have so much room in the building, uh, and the the amount of efficiency they've been able to squeeze out of what we do down there without giving up quality, which is the the other side of that, right? Like you can right. you can you can race and you can make as many as you can, but like when quality starts going down the tube, you're not doing yourself any uh, service there. So uh, by yes. You know, squeezing out as much efficiency and keeping the quality as it is, is just, uh, it, it, it's pretty, it's pretty impressive. Uh, even, uh, unbiased obviously, but I, I'm impressed by those guys. So it's, no, it's, it's cool to be part of the team, team like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even, uh, I think I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago on a different conversation I was having, you know, you look at, uh, even firearms manufacturers, once they start taking off, you know, years ago when BCM caught a lot of traction, they started experiencing some quality control issues as they were just, growing you know they were working hard to support the new volume of orders that they had right and that that's that again it's difficult it's things that you know the everyday i think the everyday person everyday consumer whatever have you doesn't necessarily realize how much goes into it um and big picture what 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 everything that comes together to become this you know three to nine uh you know freedom scope that's sitting on your you know, your Ruger American, uh, you know, 308 gun that you're right. you know, struggling to take down a, a deer with, you know, or whatever. Right. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. It blows people's minds. I, so we have a, uh, we have a component warehouse. That's where all the finished goods come in and they wait to get picked to be sent into assembly to get uh, built. And they move, they, they move a million parts a day. That's oh a million parts uh, uh, between receiving them in and then uh, pushing them into assembly. There's a million parts moving through that uh, component warehouse every day. So that's it's, incredible. Yeah. yeah. That's uh, it, 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 it just, what's that? That's just incredible. The, the yeah, sheer it blows, yeah, it blows my mind. Uh, and, you know, a, a lot of it is very small parts because there's very small parts that make up a lot of those scopes. But uh, yeah. that that makes that makes it even more impressive to me. This is just a bunch of tiny stuff. That uh, yeah, I don't know. Some somehow it all works. Somehow it all comes together. So so it, it, talking about just parts, and I know we're kind of coming up to it, but I I, just, I have to ask, knowing that you spent time in the warranty department, mm-hmm. what, I mean, <laughs> the things that people do to try and fix their own optics, people that think they can fix like you were saying earlier, like these magnified optics with multiple lenses and just the amount of crazy amount of science that goes into it. Did you ever come across any just like genuinely just amazing stories about how people voided their warranties or, or what they did to their optic to try and, you know, quote, fix it uh, and just failed catastrophically? <laughs> you know, I, I don't know if I know any instances of that. The, the ones that are impressive though, and we have a little wall there is like people who, have opened up their scopes and then tried to make their own reticle. Um, you know, wait, with like, wait, what? A, a, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Try to make their own reticle with like a, a piece of wire or, you know, maybe they're, I don't know the backstories behind all these. I'm picturing it's like someone like in Alaska somewhere, right? Like somewhere in the back country, <laughs> right? Falls over, like yeah. breaks the reticles, like crap. Like, okay, I'm going to open this thing up and see if I can make my own. Right. I don't know. I don't know where these people got the idea that they could do that, but more kudos to them for trying to do it. Uh, but uh, um, yeah, I think the, the funniest warranty story 
I have to tell this one real quick. Uh, and he didn't try to fix it, but uh, we we have a scope downstairs. He um, he got ran over by a seven thirty seven. Uh, he was he, he oh. yeah he was he he was going on safari to Africa or something like that, and the baggage handler like dropped the case, and it got ran over by the plane somehow. I don't I don't oh, know what happens oh. down there. So the funny thing is, like this scope has been on our wall for uh ever since i started working there honestly like we again we have a whole wall of these things and i remember the story very precisely this last shot show i'm at a party and this dude's talking to me and he's like oh yeah i had a loophole scope he's like man it got ran over by a 737 yeah but you guys you know no like way. i said i i sent it into you guys and you guys were like, hey, can we keep this? And you sent me a new one. And he was like so stoked that we like just sent him a new one. I was like, I know that exact scope. I was like, I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was such an interesting guy. I was like, I can't believe I, I met the dude who had the scope ran over by the airplane. Yeah, yeah. you're the guy. Come back to work and tell everyone about it. Like, guess who I met, guys? You'll never oh. believe it. <laughs> exactly what i did i was so i was so stoked about it <laughs> that's, that would be I too like, something yeah. that something that's like that fabled around the building everyone knows what it is like i met yeah. that guy no big deal he shall be impressed <laughs> yeah yeah but he but then again yeah he's like man i've been a loophole customer for life he's like ever since you guys replaced that scope for me i was like yeah well we'll take care of you dude that that's that's huge you're gonna and the warranty you know that's because you know people spend I mean, you spend a lot of money on a scope you do you know, if you want a good one and, you know, especially if you're into big game hunting and everything, like you want, you want the good stuff. So to know that your investments like backed right by the, you know, Hey, we stand behind our product. It's, we're going to take care of you as a customer. And we know that, you know, if you got something bad, it, it truly was a fluke and we don't want that to be the impression. Like that's not every company does that. And again, you know, when I try to explain to people when they buy their first rifle or, or their first pistol, if they want to run a dot, whatever, like, man, just don't go with the cheapest thing you can find. Like, just don't, it's, you're gonna, (laughs) you're gonna have to replace it in like two years or if it does break, they're not going to do any warranty work for you. You're going to be screwed. Like, just listen to me, please save the money. You know, it takes a little bit longer. Like you said, uh, which I'm still blown away that you guys have are able to measure that. Like what you said, that six month window between purchase and optic purchase, but um, Mm -hmm. no, it's just, uh, yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, it's an interesting thing because it, I, I feel like it's very specific even to the shooting industry because like your, your phone, for example, right? Like do you, three years from now, do you expect them to warranty your phone, right? If you Ooh. break it, you're like, no, you're absolutely like, not. You're, nah, you're like, ah, crap. All right, time to buy a new phone or whatever. But in the shooting industry, it's different, right? Like if uh, I bought a scope 10 years ago, and I break it, I'm like, well, let's see if they warranty it, right? And it's, it's. Mm-hmm. I think it go, goes back to that passion-driven industry, right? And it, and that people are so passionate about it. And uh, it, it's so cool to work for a company that stands behind the product uh, for the lifetime of the product like that. So um, that, again, that's one of, the, one of the attractive things of working here for sure. No, without a doubt. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um. But I know we're kind of, we're pushing our, our limit here a little bit. So, uh, thank you for, for, for making uh room in your day to say, this is, this has been extremely educational, <laughs> if nothing else, <laughs> uh, Good. you know, cause I just, I feel like there's still so much that people, and we didn't really 
get even that deep, you know, into the science on the scopes or even the science behind distance shooting and reticles and all that. Lord knows there's like you were saying, there's so much to unpack there that people don't understand about it. But uh, yeah. this, this has been awesome, you know, and I have, I, and I held Leopold in pretty high standing and pretty high regard before this. It, but now, I mean, I'm actually just thinking about ways to try and make it out there for a tour because I'm just fascinated and I want, I want to see how this is all done. Um, yeah, dude, you're welcome. Anytime. Just hit me up, man. We'll make it happen. So that's awesome. I'm going to work on that. I'll just, you know, the wife's kind of big on a vacation every year. Like, how do you feel about Oregon? We'll, we'll head out there and we'll, there's a couple well, things. We, I want to yeah. We, the, yeah. We, we got some cool little resort towns too. It's, it's pretty beautiful out here. So it's not a bad place to go. Well, that might make the list. So uh, yes. yeah, you might be seeing me in the next, uh, next 12 months or so here. Uh, but, nice. but seriously, Nick, thank you, man. Uh, this is super cool. Uh, I know the listeners probably really, I mean, if they're paying attention, they definitely learned something, um, and, and super beneficial. So I, I, I really do, uh, you know, thank you for coming on and everything. And, uh, it's been great, man. Absolutely great. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're very welcome. I'm, I'm honored to, that you asked me to be on. Uh, I'm, I'm super excited. Obviously I like talking about what I do and, uh, just, uh, sharing that knowledge, right. Making, trying to give people the tools and, and what they need to be better and more educated, you know, on the scope side of things. Uh, I'm all about that. So I, I had fun. hundred percent, man. Uh, real quick before I let you go, can you let the folks know where they can find you or, and, and Leopold here on the, uh, on the social medias where they can get some more information on, on what you guys are all doing. Yeah, for sure. Uh, uh, loophole.com, right. That's going to be your main source for product info and all that kind of stuff at loophole optics on the Instagrams. And then my Instagram is at N I C dot K Y T L I C A Nick Kitka with a dot in the middle there. Uh, I don't hide on Instagram or anything like that. <laughs> Everyone, so uh, I'm 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 always open to talk about scopes and stuff like that. So if you guys have a question or anything like that, hit me up, DM me, and uh, we'll get you taken care of. So good stuff. All right, sir. Appreciate it. Yep. Take care. And there you have it, folks. My conversation with Nick Kitelka from Leopold Optics. Honestly, very, very good conversation. Very, very educational conversation. Uh, Nick's a great guy. And being able to connect with him is a really, really cool opportunity. <clears throat> you know, Leopold is uh, a leader in the optics market. And from everything we got into in, in our conversation, it's, it's really no mystery why. They've been around for a really long time. And companies don't last that long unless there's a really good reason for it. And with Leopold, it's the pride that they, they have in their products, uh, and it's the quality that, uh, that they put into and put in, and create with their product. Just amazing, amazing optics. If you guys have never had the opportunity to, uh, to shoot through Leopold glass, I would recommend, uh, find a buddy or, you know, maybe I, I doubt your rental, your range gun, uh, that you can rent, uh, has Leopold glass on it, but you know, head to a Cabela's, just check one out, you know, look through it, you know, you'll see compared to some of the other cheaper options out there and, and they are cheaper. Uh, and it's for a reason you'll, you'll, you'll see literally what, what the big difference is and why you're paying the a little bit higher price. Uh, and it's cause the quality is there and the warranty is just so amazing. And you're not going to have to worry about replacing this scope two years, three years, four years down the road. 
you know, unless you just want to upgrade to something with a larger magnification or kind of like we talked about something that just looks different because, you know, whatever reason. But it certainly won't be because the the, the optic is failing or uh, not performing to to a high standard. You know, and there's a lot to it. And I, I really am going to look forward to being able to pull Nick back onto the podcast in the future and really get into some of the science that goes into, uh, you know, shooting through optics, understanding uh, more about them. There's a whole lot to unpack. And anybody listening, you know, who's taken who's taking classes around long range shooting and understanding windage and ballistics and reticles and, or, or maybe even if you're listening and you've helped design a reticle, you understand that there's a lot that can go into it and there's a lot of data that can be pulled out of it. Um, which is why we've seen so many different innovations in reticles over the last, you know, however many years we don't have a normal crosshair anymore. I mean, sure. There are the scopes that have those, but if you're shooting at a long distance, why not give yourself every advantage that you can by having a better scope that can give you more data? They can make you a better shooter, provided that obviously you put the time in and you understand what you're looking at and what the optic is saying back to you. So that's really huge. Again, I, I, I sincerely hope you guys enjoyed the conversation. I'm very blessed to have been able to uh, sit down, have this, this talk with, uh, with Nick and, and be able to learn this and very thrilled that I get to share it with all of you, just like all of my conversations here with the prepared mindset. I sincerely hope you guys have enjoyed it and we'll have more coming up next week, but until then folks, I'm out of here. So get out there, hit the range, work hard, train smarter. And like we always say here, be prepared. Be prepared.